much-needed bye week is upon us football-wise, but that doesn't mean there is nothing to talk about. In fact, we have a loaded episode with topics from all different sports, and we are going to be diving into many different areas in this bye week episode. Once again, welcome to it. It's Husker Sports Weekly, your one-stop shop for all things Husker Sports, episode number 64 for you this week. And we are finally back after a fall break that was much needed for our students, but now it's Head down mentality as we head to the late weeks of the fall and early weeks of the winter as there's so much going on. We will start with a short reaction of Minnesota, or Nebraska and Minnesota. Uh, then we will talk Nebraska volleyball's dominant win streak, give our thoughts on the current college football playoff picture. And we will talk a little bit of Husker hoops as well. But before any of that, and we will actually touch on the month of October mm. to start off this episode because mm. there's so much going on. and So much. There... Grant and I were discussing before this episode, and there were so many different ways that we could take this because we're not previewing a football game this week. So, yeah, no kidding. honestly, whatever you just heard in the intro, we may go off script. So, you can scrap that mentally if you want to, but here we go, right? So, I mean, we have like guidelines, you know. We do, but we have like seven things we want to talk about. Yeah, and there's, there's which a lot. Which it feels like. But anyway, obviously. Grant and Connor here with you. You can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and have Hanson 15 underscore Hanson. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and you search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show. Thank you for bearing with us after the week hiatus, but we are back and we are super excited to be back and we're, we're nearing the final week of October. We're in the final weeks of October. And if you're a Halloween mm. fan, this is your time of year. But there okay. is so much happening sports-wise, collegiate and professional, that I, I mean, we, we have to talk about it just a little bit, right? You know, as much as, like, you know, July, July is the worst sports month of the year. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, there is nothing close. Maybe, maybe, maybe even... The last three weeks of July maybe might be more accurate. You know, if the NBA Finals go seven games, sometimes we'll trickle into July a little bit. But Which it did, it I did. believe. And it was already later last year anyway, yes. uh, which helped. But, you know, October, especially the last two weeks of October, there is nothing like it. As a sports month, there is nothing that is close because with October, you can turn on the TV, and especially the last two weeks, every single night. And, and there's something. There's something that is just must-watch TV. Absolutely. Now that might change things a little bit uh, on my thoughts on these uh, these uh, you know baseball playoff games uh, because other than the maybe like the Brave uh, the, the Astros and the Red Sox, it's just been like a blowout like every time except for last night. Last, last night, night was, was good, good. until, until like, the, the last, ninth inning. Yeah, until the ninth. But like every night there is something. And yeah, a lot of these NBA games don't necessarily matter, but like you can watch something cool. It's exciting. Every single night. Not a month like it. November's close. No baseball. So November is a very close You, you may second. get a game seven in there in the World Series if, Maybe. if you push it. Um, but yeah, I mean, November, I, October for me is, and as Grant just mentioned, probably one of the best sports months in the year, if not the best. Because we just mentioned MLB playoffs. Um, not showing any bias here. Go Braves. I don't like the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, and I hope the, the Astros lose as well. That but, I'm, I honestly, I, 
I'm rooting for the Astros. Oh, how could you? Are you I a know. cheater? I am not. Do a you cheater. cheat in school? <laughs> I am not academic a dishonesty. I'm reporting you. But uh, I will say I would rather see the Red Sox lose than the Astros. I, I think that series will go down to the wire no matter what. Now, if like if, if the Braves win, you know, I'm rooting for the Braves. I don't care who's coming from mm-hmm. the side of the American, but which th- their story is pretty remarkable. I mean, they were mm, yeah. they were dead in the water halfway through the season. They were they were sort of like the Cardinals except right. they're having way more postseason success this right. year. And the Dodgers just don't go away. Right. Like they they've been stumbling they so, over themselves the whole series and they still find a way to win last well, night. Well, they have so much talent. They they right. couldn't not just go away quietly into the night. But yeah, you you have MLB playoffs, you have the NBA which started last night. Fun. Um college basketball is right around the corner. You can that, taste it. That blows my mind. The fact that we have two Husker basketball scrimmages next week, including one against it's a amazing. tournament team in Colorado. I'm so, so excited. excited. I hope I don't know. We're gonna get one of those. Maybe together on BTN Plus, but I don't, I don't know. Be on the lookout. I know. We'll let also, you know. Also, mar- mark your calendars January 25th. Yeah. As well. Wisconsin. The the HSW boys are are going to uh, are, are to call in, Chucky in-house. Hepburn's yeah, return. To Chucky Nebraska. Hepburn's return yeah. in, at 90.3, which is a part of the Code JMC here at Nebraska. But uh, college basketball is something that has consumed a lot of my attention it's, in the you, last week. I was a fan. I was a fan before I met you. I did not pay attention until March or February, and I am way more invested now. It is a mm. from November to April. It is like, well, let me count: November, December, January, February, March. Well, we'll do that. That's five months. I would consider it a five-month love affair with yeah. the sport. Well, it's just again like I love this month because this month kicks off. The best time of the year, just like period. Absolutely. Like winter sucks. Like don't get me wrong. But there's uh, joy hidden in the darkness when it gets dark out at four o'clock. Yeah. Well, there's just like <laughs> there's there's football, there's college football, uh, college basketball, uh, professional basketball is like fifth on the list. Like NBA is like fifth for me. Well, uh, it, it, got, it got bumped up this year for me at least because the new look, new, the new look, look bowls. bowls. Yeah, I know, I know. That's I do exciting. not have a hometown team. My new. For those of you who don't, <laughs> may have a Memphis Grizzlies fan. Memphis, so that got thrown out of left field. I can't believe we paid that much money for Jaron Jackson. I'm because we all know could be worse. The only recipe for making an underperforming star perform better <laughs> is just paying him a butt ton of money. Give him money. But anyway, neither here nor there. It's just so exciting because this is like I've, you start with this huge amount of excitement in October around all these different sports, and it just gives you know it's 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 just a harbinger of, of what's to come throughout the rest of you know from now until April when things get really depressing and there's nothing but baseball. But you know there's you still have college baseball, so that's good. But it's, that's just, true. it's so exciting. Like this is the kickoff to the best time of the year for a sports fan. And my personal favorite sport, as we just touched on, college basketball. I don't think there's anything like it. I love college football. Don't get me wrong. I, college football is probably number two on that list. But man, do I love college basketball! Like it is going to be. It, I think it's going to be a really good year. I'm so excited to watch around. UCLA. I, UCLA is who I'm the most interested to see because you know they they came out of nowhere. Now they're a favorite. How do they react to that? Exactly. How does that That's things? why I don't know. I'm a little skeptical about them. Actually, while we're on this topic, why don't I read through the the preseason AP top 25 just came out. Just a kidding. Days Nebraska's ago. not in there. They are not Shocking. in there. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the receiving votes category. I don't believe they're in there as well. But don't be surprised if you see them in their early season. 
Um, we'll have a full preview on that team coming in the next week or two um, as we get closer to November. But we'll go 1 through 25 here really fast, uh, going from 25 to 1. So 25, Virginia, then UConn, St. Bonaventure, that the was a Bonnies. Surprise. That was a surprise. Getting in the preseason top 25, that's really exciting. They're at 23, 22, Auburn, 21, Maryland, 20, Florida State. They're contenders in the ACC this year. Mm. Number 19, North Carolina. Number 18, Tennessee. 17, Ohio State. 16, Arkansas. 15, Houston. For who? Ohio State? Arkansas. Arkansas. I don't like Arkansas at 16. They did lose a couple of key pieces, including Justin Smith. I don't like either of those. You said Alabama at 14. Oregon, 13. Memphis, 12. Illinois, 11. That's higher than I expected for the Illini. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Kentucky, 10. Duke nine, Baylor eight, Purdue seven, That's high too. Michigan six. Purdue's a favorite in the Big Ten, believe it or not. Yeah, I know, I know. I think they'll be good for sure. They they return a lot of pieces. I I just I'd like to see them prove it before I hand them a top ten. Mm-hmm. But Texas, yeah, I mean this league's gonna be tough again. It, absolutely. Texas five, Villanova four, Kansas three, Ukla or UCLA <laughs> two, and Gonzaga. No surprise there. Mm. Number one. Yes. Yeah. I. I I think, I mean, some of these opening games, I'm looking down at the schedule to see when we see uh, Gonzaga first. I want to try to see that. Because, I, I mean, again, like to see Hunter Salas on a big stage, does he end up starting? You know, so watching some of these guys, uh, St. Thomas with uh, with Loyola Chicago. Loyola like, Chicago. A lot of these guys that are local guys that we all watched last year, and, and you also got to watch last year in their senior seasons, Getting to see them play, very fortunate on the biggest, you know, big stages, national TV, really, really exciting. And the chance, I think, and certainly of those guys that we mentioned, two of the three, I think, are going to start. Uh, I think Kep- Chucky is going to start up open Wisconsin almost certainly. I agree. Uh, and then you know, Salas, that kind of remains to be seen. I, and I don't know Loyola Chicago's or Loyola Chicago's ref- or roster well enough to know if Saint will. We'll start uh, or See, not. See, they're, they're going to be an interesting story by itself, not just with the St. Thomas-Omaha connection, because they just lost Porter Mojer to Oklahoma. Right. So how are they going? They have Denzel Valentine's brother as their coach, actually. Mm. So how, were, how will they kind of respond to that after a great run in the tournament, a great season? They were ranked for a lot of the season last year. Uh, so it'll be interesting to oh, see be so fun. how they <laughs> kind of respond to that. But, yeah, I mean, October – it's a great month. November, it's just going to get even crazier. As John Rothstein says, we sleep in May. And that is exactly what that's we just will how, do. That's how it works. That's how it works. I think that's how it works for almost every sport. I agree. On the way out. And I think that is what will happen. So, October, great month. Enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of postseason baseball. Really, if you're a fan of baseball or not, go watch it. The atmospheres are freaking yeah. awesome. Yes. So, uh Great month, and uh, we're, we are transitioning seasons, which is always exciting um, in the sports world. And we'll move on to kind of a mini reaction segment because we didn't bring you a reaction episode this week uh, due to myself being out of town. Connor I apologize. Gallivanting around the Illini State. Yes, just making my way around Champaign, Illinois. Did you trash the place? I did not. Great campus. No. Very big. Very big. I've never been. Immediately, that was I, my I first passed, time. I passed on the on the uh, group road trip up to Illinois in August, and so did I. Pretty glad. But pretty glad I passed on that. It, it, it's <laughs> a, it's a nice campus. I will give the Illini credit. Their basketball stadium still looks like a UFO. So <laughs> I, that's that's what I took away uh, from that. But Nebraska, Minnesota, and what we previewed last week, and what was a 
How many times we've used disappointed to mm. describe a Nebraska football outcome this year? They lost mm. thirty to twenty-three on the road to PJ Fleck and the Golden Gophers. And this is a game that you probably, well, you you, you should have won. You were the better team, in my opinion. You were favored going into this game. And obviously, as we talked about last week, job discussions start surfacing again about Scott Frost. But this yep. is the biggest issue that I have with this game. And they talked about it post game. How do you not have your team juiced up for a mm-hmm. Big Ten game? That is a Blows huge issue. Yeah, and it's been a thing for Frost in 11 a.m. games. I mean, really, all, all the whole time. And so I, I don't get it. I really don't. And I didn't think it was going to be a problem for them. You know, I mean. Me neither. You thought, well, maybe Northwestern ends in a letdown because of the Michigan State loss. Hey, maybe Michigan State ends in a letdown because of how close the Oklahoma game was. And it didn't happen. So why here? You know, and, you know, of course, neither of those games were 11 a.m. kicks. Uh, but right. But still, like, who cares? <laughs> like, it does. It shouldn't matter. And, and and so, like, I think PJ Flex said afterwards, right? Like, that's culture versus talent, uh, which of course many Nebraska fans didn't want to hear. But at the same time, in Scott Frost's tenure here, he has never given, he has really never denied PJ Fleck. The opportunity to say something like that. And it's so weird. Like, there's this Cold War rivalry between the two of them. Like, they never say anything out in the open that that says they are they hate each other. Uh, I don't know if they do hate each other. There's always, of course, been the rumors. Like, uh, Fleck was pissed he didn't get offered the Nebraska job, and so that's why he doesn't like Frost, whatever. Um, but they just keep handing him opportunities to say stuff like that. And to be honest... It's true. Like until until something changes, what he's saying is right. Because if he had his team juiced and ready to go, which he usually does. Yes. I, I mean, so that was just so mind-boggling to me. Um and that's the other thing too is like why admit afterwards that they weren't juiced? If you weren't like just from like a PR perspective. Mm-hmm. For me. Well, there's been a lot of slip-ups right. in that department. But for me, for like a PR perspective or an imagery for the team perspective, you know, I mean, I, I kind of get like trying to call guys out publicly maybe. But man, like you had to know that that was going to create a firestorm. And it's not like them keeping it in the dark would have made things better. Uh, just But just from like, it, that just made it worse from, from I think from just like a fan perspective of what how this program is perceived from the outside. Yeah, it's really interesting and I know and I was I was talking about this with with friends before we started recording and I know you're you're missing Prohashka who's right. uh, he's a freshman tackle but he's proven he made a huge impact. Yeah, he's he's a he's yep. a he's a big guy. He's he's good at his position. But Despite all that, and here's here's another reason why I don't understand how you're not juiced up for an 11 a.m. game against a Big Ten rival, technically. I mean, that's what everybody views it as. You, you don't like Minnesota. Literally, I believe it was, it was Levi Falk, right? Mm-hmm. Literally went out in the presser and said he does not like Minnesota. Right, right. You practice at 8.30 in the morning every single day. Yes, because of the 11 a.m. games. Exactly. Yep. 
So why is that an issue? That blows my, I don't know, it blows my mind. And it almost, I don't know, like, is that like just a straight up lie? Like, maybe that isn't it at all. Maybe there is something different. I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, too, I'm kind of glad we didn't do a reaction podcast. Because, and, and here's my thought, too. I'm almost at the point where, like, why? Why do we even do the reaction episodes anymore? Like, we just say the same stuff every week. I know. I and like. I was thinking about that because you know, <clears throat> and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full Bane here from the from the Dark Knight Rises. Oh God. But like, you know, cover your we, ears. We, we give it back to you, the people. But like, I feel like it would have been way easier just to dub that clip. In I know there. we could have just dubbed it. <laughs> you were. Uh... Oh. <laughs> Apologize. You would think the darkness is your ally. I was born in it, molded by it. But we, I'm totally digressing. But like, we say the same stuff every week. Well, we keep doing it in hopes that it changes. I think right, and 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 I've likened it on this program last year to it's like an abusive relationship. Right. And by the way, you know Dirk uh, Chatlin from the World Herald drew a very similar um, breakdown in his column. I don't know if that was the exact. Uh, I think he might have just said, like, toxic relationship. I don't know if that's the exact same thing. But, like, we keep coming and expecting things to change, and they haven't. And I think that's the biggest missed opportunity here for Frost because that was this was a chance for Frost and the team to earn the trust of the fans. You know, because if you went, even if you won by two touchdowns or ten points or, heck, even seven points, you would have earned the trust of the fan base to say you can beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and you can compete with the teams that are way better than you and then you can then you can make the excuse about the schedule then you can make the excuse that you're 10 to 13 points away from being 5 and 1 or 6 and 1 and and now you can't because there is significant doubt about what this team is because of that loss and so again like we keep in, we keep coming to these reaction episodes when we record them and saying the same things. Well, here we are again, and and Nebraska didn't do what it had to get done. Why wasn't it juiced? Why wasn't it this? Why didn't they come ready to play? Uh, or if it's a close game, well, they're right there. They're right on the edge, right? Like, the reactions have been the same pretty much each week, with the exception of a few outliers like the Northwestern week, right? So that's why I'm just like, we're, we're just doing the same thing. Talk about seeing the same movie over and over. We're just basically putting the same show on over and over every week because the results are the exact same. Three turning points in the last three years that um, are bowl, like have bowl game implications. You Well, actually, two in one year and then one this year, which was last week, but... You go back to 2019, you're 4-2 and two going to Minnesota, you don't get it done. You're 4-4 four and four going to Purdue, Yep. you don't get it done. Mm-hmm. Obviously last year a little bit different. This year, chance to get back to 500, get your second win in conference, and now all of a sudden you're sitting at 3-5. and 1-4 and four in conference. Yeah, and and basically the role the you know the road to a bowl game is you know it's not totally closed off, but it is a hell of a lot harder now. And and of course, like there were a lot of Husker fans on Twitter that were just like super excited <laughs> that Purdue beat Iowa, which is like fine, I guess. It was a fun game. It, it's fine, I get. I wasn't happy. Now, you for your for really this football program now you have a whole bye week with a sickening loss, knowing. 
that a team is coming to town the next week that is going to be ranked, which they are now. Of course, they probably have to beat Wisconsin to hold on yeah, to the we'll ranking, we'll but I mean, I don't know out. how hard that is to beat Wisconsin. So you got a ranked team coming to town now, and you have to think about that all week. Is that even a bad thing, though? Because it feels like we play better against teams with a little we, number though? next to their name. Do we? Because if I remember correctly, Frost has yet to beat a ranked team. So, and again, I thought it was almost... I'm just talking this year exclusively. Well, yeah, but uh, it still ends in losses so far. Right. And if we beat... We. If if Nebraska beats Purdue, does that really give people a whole lot of confidence? It would help. I mean, mean, of course it gives more confidence than losing, but there's no way after this Minnesota game that even if they upset Ohio State, even if they upset Iowa, even if they beat Wisconsin on the road, that people will have true confidence to believe this team can show up and perform consistently. And and why why should they? Why should they have any confidence in that after a game like this? Yeah, that this game felt like the rug got pulled out from underneath. I feel and, and we talked about it too. We were like, "Okay, we're just kind of waiting for this because we didn't see it after Oklahoma. We didn't see it after Michigan State. We didn't see it after Northwestern and now here we are." Well, and too, it's just like it's so frustrating because you know, somehow at least to me on the outside, Frost has always been somebody who's easy to root for, right? The story is cool if it works, right? If if he can write the ship at Nebraska, it you know it's cool. According to the national media, it's not cool. Uh, and he was this was a chance. This was a chance to earn the trust of the fan base, and you blew it. You totally blew it. Sigh. And so it's it's just disappointing. On so many levels, if I had to put, you know, a percentage on this, uh, I think it's about a five percent chance that everybody's retained. Everybody on the staff, uh, including Frost, is retained for next year. I think it is about a twenty-five to thirty percent chance that Frost is fired, and of course, the entire staff is fired. And I think it's about like a sixty-five, seventy percent chance that Frost is retained for at least one more year, and certain staff members are. Uh, sent shown the door right now i think those leading candidates probably would be mario verdusco and greg austin i don't know as far as everybody else on the staff i I think greg austin really sticks out verdusco i think is more of a you know who's behind martinez that's developed that can go in right away right i I think that's probably more the issue there and and i'm trying to think of the thing is they could very easily lose assistance the team's rebuilding staffs throughout the nation. USC is going to be rebuilding an entire staff. LSU is going to be re- rebuilding an entire staff. If James Franklin leaves Penn State for USC, Penn State is going to be rebuilding an entire staff. I really hope not. And if I am a a head coach or a new head coach at any of those three programs, Eric Shenander is definitely getting a call. And Tony Tuioti might also be getting a call. Yeah. So I and I don't know if those guys are going to leave or not. You know that is totally out there. But you got to be worried too that you know some coaches could try to go pick off some of the better assistants on this staff to go elsewhere. It's yeah, it's just really, and it, I think Eric Shenander probably is the best job security on this entire staff. Oh yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I wasn't all too pleased with how that defense played. I yeah. really wasn't. No, the first half was bad, and that was also confusing to me because some people talked about, like, well, maybe it was because of 
the tragedy surrounding Coach Shenander's father. Right. Uh, but a lot of times you see teams play with more energy. Playing like that's what that I was person. expecting. And that's what I – yeah, right. That was what I was expecting. So that totally caught me off guard. Um, They're a third-string freshman running back. Minnesota's, that is. Well, they had several. Yeah. 17 rushes, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker didn't even come close to that against yeah. your defense. Well, and the other thing, too, Minnesota's probably going to make a bowl. I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule, they got Northwestern Maryland and Illinois in the next three weeks. Yeah, but who – Minnesota is still and they're not, I know so they're confused. Not good. They could they, lose they all three of them. Green. They could right. lose all three of those and, games. And, and so this is the other thing, too, because we record this on Wednesday – and this was the only Frost media availability for the week. But he talked about Adrian Martinez and the ankle injury, which people were talking, oh, something's wrong with his foot. There are rumors going around about his health. So he gets rolls his ankle on Tuesday. Uh, the way I understand it, walking boot Wednesday, he got it off Thursday. And so Frost said that limited the way they were able to call plays on Saturday. Well, that makes more sense. And some of Adrian's throwing, et cetera. So here's my thing. Why the hell wouldn't you put Logan Smothers in? And I'm not talking for the whole game for Adrian. Yeah, but just a That's couple That's not what drives. I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is doing what Minnesota did with their backup quarterback in Kramer, mm-hmm. but with Logan Smothers. If Adrian Martinez can't run the option, put Logan Smothers in and have Logan Smothers run the option. If, if they can't run design runs with Adrian Martinez, put Logan Smothers in and have him do those design runs. And here's the thing. Minnesota hasn't game planned for that because the thought is, as by design, by this coaching staff, right? That's why they don't talk about injuries throughout the week. So Minnesota is assuming that Martinez is healthy. So, of course, they're not game planning to see Logan Smothers. And so you put Smothers in there, and yes, teams eventually can assume, well, he's probably going to run. He's probably going to run. He's a Wildcat quarterback. Except Nebraska was put in that same situation with Kramer, and there's a lot you can do once you convince them that you're going to run. You then can you give. throw it. You can do the play action like Kramer threw the touchdown pass. There's a number of things you can do. And so, of course, it's a little bit different with Nebraska, right? Nebraska doesn't run as much read option or play action as as uh, Minnesota did. Uh, of course, they run more triple option. So it's a little bit slightly different. But this thing that says, like, one of two things, <clears throat> excuse me, about this staff. One, they're not creative enough to see that as an op- as an option. They didn't think about that. That's bad. Two, they don't have trust in Logan Smothers to accomplish that. Maybe that was the leading factor. And if number two is the case, that's also on the staff. Because I feel like point, all of it goes back to them. Because at this point, like, Martinez, he can come back next year. He might not. But this was going to, barring COVID, right, this is going to be his last year. So you need to have Smothers ready at this point. And if Smothers can't run the option and run, which is what everybody says is his best quality is running, that's a big problem. And you, you think back to the, the passing side, if he was forced to pass, he was going to be passing in very specific, positive situations. So like that, that to me is really confusing from today. Um, you know, if I get it, like, well, maybe a week you can't game plan for that offensively. Well, that's kind of bad, I think, if Smothers doesn't, you know, like what does that say? Smothers just can't come in and run run the plays that Adrian would run? Like what if Adrian actually got hurt in that game or re-aggravated his ankle and Smothers had to come in? Are you just screwed? Like 
So, like, that that to me was confusing and disappointing from today because I would have liked to see that. That would have been a nice creative wrinkle to see. All right, hey, Adrian can't run triple option this week. Well, let's put Logan Smothers in and see if he can. Mm. Yeah, it, there's, as per usual, a lot of questions surrounding decisions, why they are not juiced up for a, a Big Ten game. Who who knows? But we're we're going to leave our frustration about Saturday here. Luckily, we have a week off as Husker fans, and you can kind of sit back and relax and still be frustrated if you would choose to. But <laughs> but a bye week coming up coming up for the Huskers, a much needed one um, as they sit at three and five overall. Let's transition to another Husker sport, though, however, and a Husker sport that has been all types of dominant over the past couple of weeks. That's Husker Volleyball. And now Husker Volleyball, this is a team that was expected to be good, obviously, because they're good every year. And this is a team that's expected to make a deep run into the tournament. Well, I don't know how you feel about this, Grant, but... I say to hell with those three losses that they have because they, uh, at least on paper, look unstoppable. Ever since that loss against Louisville on September 18th, it is now October 20th. They have a game tonight at Iowa. They've already played Iowa once. Yeah, they'll sweep Iowa tonight. They have lost two sets. Yeah. Two. Not yeah. games. Not not winning 3-2. to Two, two sets period, one of which came against number 13 Penn State. That's unreal. Well, I I think if you talk to John Cook or if you talk to these players, I think think the thought would be that's what they were supposed to do. And it's because, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do, right? The teams they play, with the exception of Penn State, are all bottom half teams in the Big Ten. Illinois has given some people some trouble, and they played a brutal schedule to start. They played Wisconsin twice. Uh, they've played, uh, I think, Nebraska at least one. Yeah, Nebraska once, but they're going to play Nebraska in another couple of weeks. Uh, they played Iowa twice. So they've, like, Illinois has, like, for some reason played, like, the three best teams in the Big Ten, like, three or four times in the last week and a half in the opening of their schedule. So Illinois has been beat up, but they've given those teams some trouble. You know, Penn State obviously is the most impressive win in there, right? You go on the road, hostile environment, um, just about as hostile as it could get, right? That's the first hostile environment you've been in since 2019, right? It's been two years. Uh, And they've started to produce really well on offense. I think serving has really carried this team. Uh, If you go online and look at the stats, of course they've dominated their opponents in terms of the service ace battle. They've won that handily. Uh, service errors, it's a narrow, narrow victory, I think, as of now. But the stat that you don't see on there is the passing numbers. And uh, I really wish they would actually publicize those. But, you know, every time a Nebraska serve forces a bad pass, which then leads to a bad set, and then a bad uh, or, or uh, an attack that a team wouldn't have liked to get, right? Mm-hmm. That's a victory, right? So that's uh, I would liken that to uh, a 1-3-1 Right in basketball, especially at the high school level, you you produce any deflection, any deflection of any kind. Even if they get it back, that's a win, right? Because you speed up the opponent and their mind gets to racing, right? So that's what I had, I would equate that to. And they've been really, really good at that. And uh, so that's what's going to carry this team until the offense really starts to figure itself out. And it's started to do that. Matty Kubik has been really great 
recently Lindsey Krause and Allie Batenhorst have started to come into their own as freshmen. Now you really get into the big stretch, right? After this match against Iowa tonight, as we record this on Wednesday, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, those are the best three teams in the Big Ten, all top ten teams, uh, with the exception of Ohio State, who's also a ranked top ten opponent. Um, this is This is big. This is this is a big section coming up starting Saturday, and we're gonna really see what this team is made of because that those are three hard physical matches uh, in a row. Now, luckily, two of the three are at home, that's a positive, but they're gonna have some challenges these next couple of weeks, and it'll be really interesting to see how how things pan out on that front because yes, they've beaten up on the really bad teams in the Big Ten. And they've done what they're supposed to in those matches for the most part. Now they really get into the real test. The first time they're being tested again since that non-con portion where they lost three matches in a row. Yeah, these are going to be big. And Saturday night against Purdue, by the way, at the Devaney Center, 8 p.m. No football game this weekend, Husker Nation. You know what that means. The Devaney Center is going to be packed as usual. And then obviously the Wisconsin game that following Wednesday, October 27th, a week from today... Uh, that will be a big one, as Grant just mentioned, obviously, at Minnesota, Minnesota Premier Program as well. Uh, for the little volleyball knowledge that I have of other schools, I think Minnesota is probably one of the coolest volleyball arenas there is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It it reminds me of the barn for their basketball team, but uh, a much go. better version of the barn for their basketball team. So that's pretty cool for Minnesota. Uh, after those three games that we just mentioned uh, – at Illinois, at Ohio State, and then versus Maryland, uh, at Indiana, home against Penn State and Rutgers, and then you finish the season at Wisconsin, at Purdue. That's pretty brutal heading into NCAA tournament time. But uh, the addition of Lawrence Stiverns being back in the lineup has certainly helped as well. Obviously, mm. she's she's one of the better volleyball players in the yeah. country. And by the way, wrote a feature on her for the DN. We record this Wednesday. Should be out tomorrow, which is Thursday, the twenty first. So go read that. It's pretty cool. Found out some cool details about her, her recovery process, some of those things. Her impact has been huge, huge. And we, we've talked about that on here a little bit before. Like I said, it's like having a really, really good three-point shooter in basketball who can open things up on the inside for a post or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? She, the, the defenses have to honor her in the middle uh, and in a way that they don't necessarily have to against a Callie Schwarzenbach. Um, even though Callie's produced really well the last couple of matches – uh, in place of Kayla Caffey, who's been dealing with some with some sickness. Uh, Stiverns, you have to honor an All-American right there in the middle. And then that, in turn, opened thing, open things up on the pins for Baton Horse, Cubic, and, and Krause. Yeah, so volleyball, three big games coming up. One tonight um, against Iowa at Iowa. That one's on Big Ten Plus, so you can't really yeah, watch and, it. And they should control that one from the, from the jump, right? Iowa is the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, if that match lasts longer than an hour and a half, I think there should be, there's some exclamation points in one. <laughs> but Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all on Big Ten Network. You can listen to all of those games on the Husker Radio Network as well. And now we will transition to one of our final topics here today. We're going to talk some college football playoff discussion as a new round of the AP poll came out. College football playoff rankings come out, I believe, after this week or the next, one of the two. Yeah, it's one of the two. It's They're coming out soon. Um, but as of now, let's go through how this is, is stacking up again. Well, just like basketball, we'll go 25-1. to one. Purdue, 
First team on the list. Man, I was surprised that they haven't been ranked since... 2007. Yeah. Yeah, that blew my mind. I thought, you know, surely after they had upset Ohio State, and it's been a long time, but I thought they would have been ranked then. No, because they but, that game, they were 3-3. Three and three. Okay. So... But they're, I mean... Four I, and two now. I think that's the big. I think more. I think the AP poll, whoever selects that, is they look at two games above five hundred very closely. Right. Especially if you're a Big Ten team. Um, cause I, I don't think four and three, like four and three and four and two. I don't. They, if you just look at them, they, there's a big difference there. Right. I think. Are um, we picking? Are we picking Big Ten games this week? I know Nebraska isn't playing, but uh, we got a couple of those. I mean, we can if we want. So. We'll, we'll transition to that at some point in this episode as well. Number 24. So the the first two teams on this list are pretty awesome. UTSA. Yeah, good first, for them. First ranking in program history. You know, I did a Bane impression earlier. Going to oh, break oh, out no. the Roadrunner one. Oh, the, me, me, no. Me. <laughs> they are the Roadrunners, though. Yeah. So 24. Tunes, baby. UTSA getting their first uh, ranking ever representing Conference USA in the top 25. 23 is Pitt. They've kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 22, San Diego State. 21, SMU undefeated at 6-0. Baylor, 20 after the big one against BYU. They're 6-1. Uh, Auburn, 19 at 5-2. NC State, 5-1, 18. Uh, 17, A&M at 5-2, obviously having the big one over Bama. Um, number 16, Wake Forest. They are still perfect undefeated, 6-0. Kentucky, 6-1. They dropped I, down to 15. I saw someone who had Wake Forest in their top 10. I was like, come on, I guys. think that's pushing it. Come just, on. Just a little bit. Come on. Uh, Kentucky, after the loss to Georgia, they fall to 15. They're 6-1. and one. Uh, Coastal Carolina still unbeaten at number 14. That's a suspect one. That I don't know how long that lasts. Yeah, me neither. Uh, number 13, Notre Dame. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll edit that out. Number 13, Notre Dame. Um, they're 5-1. and one. Ole Miss moves up after that wild night in Knoxville. Uh, they're 5-1. Uh, number 11, Iowa after that loss to Purdue. They're 6-1. and one. Then entering the top 10, and I'm just going to go rapid fire here. Oregon 10, Michigan State 9, Oklahoma State 8, Penn State 7, Michigan 6, Ohio State 5, Bama 4, Oklahoma 3, Cincinnati 2, and Georgia number 1. Do you think this top four looks similar come selection time? I do. I don't think Alabama deserves to be in there right now. Really? I think by the time, you know, when we get to the end of the year, I think they'll probably prove themselves. But uh, come on, guys. Come on. They lost to a two-loss team with a backup quarterback. Granton's on the road, but I I mean, I don't like that. And then the other one I don't like this week, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Oklahoma State is uh, number eight in the country. They're on the road, but they're a seven-point dog. Like they were dogs last week. They were we huge dogs it. last week. I I don't understand the Oklahoma State slander. Just about just like I don't understand the Michigan State slander. Um, Michigan State did end up covering last week, I think. But I mean, I I don't get it. I don't get it. They're a top ten team for a reason, folks. And Iowa has not. Or Iowa State has not looked inspiring really at any point this year. So yeah, I I don't get that at all. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State, well, they've kind of come out of nowhere because they started the season unranked. Right. And now all of a sudden they're just flying up the rankings and, for everybody. And by the way, a Cincinnati v. Georgia national championship would be really interesting <laughs> to me, especially considering last year. That bowl game was one of the best games of the it was, year It was year. a great game. 
I and forgot that was, that was awesome. a bowl game. Yeah, that, that was and a great game. So to see that a second time over, I mean, the way, you know, I, I think I think it was Desmond Ritter, who was standing on the sideline just like watching Georgia get the, you know, ESPN loves that stuff. Yeah. I don't know if Ritter was doing it for ESPN. I don't think he was. There's some people who definitely do that so they get attention. I don't think Ritter's one of those people. But um, to see that would be really cool. And again, like, we're really sure of Georgia, right? That that defense is basically all NFL draft picks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so like it's like LSU's offense in 2019 transition to the defense. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good way of describing it. I think uh, I could see. I don't know if Oklahoma makes it through the year without losing. Now, I they looked, agree. They look good. They don't look good enough. They look good. I thought with. Um, you know, with Caleb Williams last week, I, I like I like Williams a lot. Um, I don't know if he's better in terms of decision making. Um, it's such a weird situation down there, right there. It reminds me a lot of last year with Nebraska, just with way more talent. Did you um, know that Caleb Williams is the has the fifth best odds for the Heisman? The fact that he's even a favorite for the Heisman is just ridiculous. Um. So, but they round out the year with Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, uh, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. They're going to lose one of those games, I think, even with Williams. That defense is not as what we, as good as what we thought it would be coming into the year. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I could see Oklahoma dropping out of that top four. Uh, Alabama maybe getting in. Uh, Alabama, I don't know if Alabama gets in with two losses, so they'd have to probably they'd have to win the SEC championship to get they there. They do. Um, so I, I believe that pretty firmly. Michigan sneaking in, Ohio State sneaking in. You know, it, it's going to be one of those teams has a good shot at it, right? It won't be both. Um, so that that's very. I think Cincinnati is going to win out. I, I feel pretty confident in the saying on, that. The only SMU. Thing, that's interesting. The only thing that scares me about Cincinnati, and I feel like they do this every year, and I could be wrong about this, but they always have a close game at the end of the season. Against mm-hmm. an American athletic opponent. Yep. Last year they did. Yep. And that was, I believe that was, was for the lane? conference championship. Was it Tulane? I don't think it was Tulane, but, oh, who was it? I want to say it was like Memphis. Because mm. Memphis is always right. pesky. But that's the one thing that scares me about Cincinnati. I don't think Oklahoma finishes in the top four. I think Ohio State takes their uh, spot. It was UCF. UCF, UCF or Tulsa. Was. Tulsa was the championship. UCF okay. was a three-point win, and so was Tulsa. Okay. Uh, they just killed UCF, so they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, UCF has been riddled with injuries as well this year. But riddled, 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 riddled. <laughs> they're they're reading a riddle about injuries. Um, Desmond riddled with injuries. Yeah. So I think I think Oklahoma drops out of the top four when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think I Ohio State gets in there. I'm really not concerned about Alabama whatsoever. The committee is so SEC biased. Even if they lose a tight one to Georgia in the uh, NCC championship, so they will probably get I, in. I don't loss, think it's right. Two losses is they should not get in with two losses. I agree, but it could very well happen because it's Alabama. Here's the thing: is there another team in the country that could lose to a two-loss conference opponent with a backup quarterback that you would keep inside the top ten? Well, no. I mean, Iowa basically experienced the equivalent of the Alabama loss, and they, they got dropped outside the top ten. Now, I get it, right? Alabama deserves some credit because of the history uh, and the coach and the talent and the recruiting classes. I get it. But, come on. I just, I mean, 
the, the fact that they're back in the rankings, technically, according to the AP poll again this week, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, I really don't. I'm not concerned. But, but in their defense, I don't know who else I would put in there. Exactly. The, the gap to me visually on the eye test from Georgia to everybody else is about, like, two AP top 25s. I mean, you, they aren't losing the rest of the way. I don't think they play Tennessee this weekend. Then they go to they host LSU. Tennessee could get interesting, or or you mean Alabama isn't going to lose? Yeah, yeah. They they have four straight home games leading up to the Iron Bowl. Yeah, against unranked opponents. And Arkansas has just totally fallen off. They are back to being Arkansas. Bo Nix and Auburn. I just don't like it. I don't like Bo Nix. Exactly. I don't like. It's nothing against him as a person. I just don't think he's got the talent to win those kind of games. It is interesting too that LSU game. Like, does LSU just totally fall off a cliff now that they know Ed Orgeron isn't coming back? I love how they did that after they won. I'm so confused by the timing. <laughs> after they upset Florida. It's so weird. So that was odd timing. But um, more teams that could sneak in. I, we've mentioned Michigan. Um, we've mentioned Okie State. Um, even Michigan State. I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows I what mean, could Michigan happen Michigan and Ohio State are, mutu- are exclusive. Like, yeah. One of those teams gets in, the other one isn't. Guaranteed. That'll be a, a that, good I mean, that's just to the Big Ten. This is the Big Ten championship yeah. game. Yeah, because they're in the, the same playoffs. division, right? Which kind of sucks. Rivalry weekend is going to be awesome. It is, and that Michigan Ohio State game is going to be and, and like like the, you've seen them two and three play each other, but I feel like this one's going to hold way more weight. Oh, man, well, this week's slate is just bad, <laughs> just generally. Oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad. But next week, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, you get. Iowa, Wisconsin, which depending on how Iowa performs, could be interesting. Preseason that game looked a lot better. And Wisconsin against Purdue, I mean that that that's very intriguing, at least to me. Ole Miss, Auburn, not a lot of playoff stakes there, but that's interesting. Penn State, Ohio State, that to me is an elimination game for the playoff. Yeah, that's a six thirty on ABC in Columbus. That one's huge. So and again, of course, none of these games include the potential upsets that could come to pass, right? So. This week, your only hope is just potential upsets because there's not a whole lot of ranked awesomeness this weekend. Purdue-Wisconsin is interesting at 2 o'clock. That, that'd be one thing. Something I do want to say about Purdue, and I said this last week, and I remember saying this too, and I was very high on them early in the season, and then last week we went on a, a, a little bit of a tear about how Purdue's not a good football team. <laughs> and now here we are. And well, Iowa's just not good. Maybe. But I, 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 so like, I'm back on the give Purdue credit that's train, an interesting and I know thing. that's very bandwagonish like, to me. Iowa, you know, number one team in terms of turnovers in the country. I turnovers is a hard metric to score defense by. I think, like a certain percentage of turnovers is, is just luck, right? There's there's obviously skill involved, but a certain percentage of that is luck, and their luck ran out against Purdue, and then you wonder, oh. How good is this defense when they when they don't force turnovers? Well, I I don't even think the issue was the defense; it was the offense. Right? They scored well, I mean, seven the offense points. Is, yeah, the offense is horrible. I mean, not, I'm not putting that loss on the defense at all. I'm just saying when when that short field right because it feeds into the, the the one feeds into the other right. You get yeah. your defense gives you short fields. That offense has le- less to right, right to overcome. But in still, terms of how bad it is. that is inexcusable. For yeah. offense. Oh, you, yeah. you can't be doing that. Let's do unofficial picks for the Big Ten this week since Nebraska is not playing. But 
Uh, we will do that pretty quickly. Only five games this weekend. I can't believe this Michigan Northwestern game is big noon. That's how that's how Go bare cats. that is how bare the coverage is. I know is this it's weekend. unbelievable. So and that'll lead us right into the first game. Three and three Northwestern goes to number six Michigan. Michigan, rightfully so, twenty three and a half point favorites at the Big House. Don't know if Michigan covers this number. They are coming off a bye, right? So that's helpful. Uh, but. I, part of me wonders if Northwestern plays up for this game because it is a nationally televised serious game. I just, based on the talent that we saw when they came here a couple of weeks ago, oh God, I think Michigan wins and easily. Yeah, I, that game is going to be a murder. And knowing Northwestern teams of old, it doesn't it doesn't matter that it's a nationally televised game. Now, obviously, Fitz is going to have his guys ready, but talent can only give you so much, right? So. Uh, I'm going to go Michigan there as well. Illinois at number 7, Penn State. Another big spread, 24-point favorites for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, Illinois is really bad, man. Illinois is really bad, and we lost to them. Yeah. So I Well, like we're we not necessarily week. good. But, uh, yeah, no, Penn State. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Penn State by a lot. Wisconsin and Purdue. This one's hard to pick. Game we just talked about. Pretty even. Wisconsin, three-point favorites in West Lafayette. That surprises me. You know, home team usually gets a field goal when it's an even line. And so the fact that, you know, Wisconsin is basically a touchdown favorite. They're going with history. If this was in Camp Randall. um, Yeah, that's really weird to me. I, I don't know where to go here at all. I think they're going with history here with that spread. I guess Purdue. Like, a, very, a very reluctant Purdue out of Grant Hansen. I just Wisconsin is like Michigan last year for me. Like I don't want to pick them. I, I want to stay far away from Wisconsin. See, I kind of want to pick them though because I know, I who, do too. like I, this is this. If kinda we were like picking we, against the spread, I would definitely be hammering Purdue because I don't think Wisconsin covers that three points. See, th- this is what we were just talking about with Nebraska too. It's like, all right, when is this team going to fall over? And now this is kind of the same thing with Purdue. Okay, how do they follow up that performance against Iowa? And Wisconsin is a kind of a very similar team when you think about it. A good defense and a bad offense. Right. So it'll depend if it, it'll depend on if Purdue runs into a good defense this time around. It's true. And if they force turnovers. So um, I will also. I, I'm going to agree with you here. I think Purdue, but I would not be surprised if Wisconsin pulls this one out um, as they are favorites. Maryland and Minnesota, this is another interesting game. Minnesota is a five-point favorite in Minneapolis. And uh, it's not TCF Bank Stadium anymore. It is not. I messed that up last week. It's Huntington. actually Huntington Bank Stadium. I know. It got me. almost got me on the broadcast on the on uh, Saturday. Yeah. And then I checked the uh, stat broadcast. I said Huntington Bank. I was like, oh, duh, I guess. I noticed it on the field, and I was like, wait a minute. That's, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Maryland. I don't know why. Minnesota is very up and down. And this is the down. I am deciding that this is now the down. They're going down to Maryland. I think Minnesota wins this one and they lose their next two. I think that's how it's going to go for them. Really? So Gosh, I'm, that's... I'm, I'm going to differ with you here. You're just going to just say they're just going to be weird as humanly possible. They are. I mean, <laughs> you can't tell me they're not. That's true. They are. They are the weirdest team in college football. I will stick to that until week 12. That's They are just so weird. So I'm going to go with them this week. And then they're going to lose their next two games. Connor wouldn't be Book surprised it. if Tanner Morgan walks out with like three heads or something. Yeah, like Happy Halloween. I wouldn't be surprised if I, I don't I don't know. PJ Fleck comes out dressed as Dracula or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> they're they're just so weird. Um, but I'm going to go Minnesota anyway, and I'm probably going to regret that at some point. 
Uh, and then finally, the night game in the Big Ten, number five, Ohio State goes to Indiana. What we thought was going to be an awesome game. God, what a disappointment. Probably won't be. What a disappointment. Tom Allen was like the dude. And he's not like anymore. A, if, if, if these <laughs> USC, you know, USC, uh, LSU, uh, maybe Penn State, if any of these jobs opened up a year ago, Tom Allen would have been the number one, one of the number one names. Probably not, maybe not USC. And it just doesn't fit that Midwest, like, gritty Tom Allen kind of vibe that we got last year. So maybe LSU more so. But, um, yeah, what a disappointment. Ohio State's going to win. and I don't know how close. Like, I, Ohio State's been really dominating teams recently. They've kind of started to hit their stride. But we'll see if that continues against Indiana. I think they're going to win. I just This is a matter of by how much. I agree. Um, really not much to differ there. Um, kind of looking through these ranked games just to – yeah, I know what mine is. I know what mine is. Go for it. Yeah, I, undoubtedly for me, it's Oklahoma State. Damn it. And Iowa State. That one is the most interesting to me this week. Iowa State could make it a game. I just don't understand the line. Seven point favorites. I, I get it. They're at home, but I just I don't understand it. Oklahoma State six and zero for a reason, guys. Like, come on. And you know the Texas win. Okay, maybe it wasn't by as much as you would have liked. But they beat Baylor, who's twenty four and fourteen. They've had three straight rank, ranked wins. You know, I mean, I, I I don't understand. I really don't understand. Maybe like three point favorites on the road. Okay, maybe I get that. Oklahoma State's gonna win, and I, and I and I think convincingly. And Iowa State really belongs right up there with Indiana in terms of biggest disappointments this far this far this year. I agree. And my game will be the one that's located right under it. And another intriguing line here, number 10, Oregon, goes to UCLA. UCLA, two-point favorites at the Rose Bowl. Um, I th- I, this is a weird game and a very close game. I think Oregon gets it done, but I think UCLA will take them to the final seconds, if not overtime, and I think that'll be a great game out in the Pac-12. So uh, that game will be at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game will also be at that same time um, in Ames, Iowa. And if you're a Nebraska fan, you're bored. You can take the roadie out to Ames if, if you really wanted to. But Ooh, <laughs> oh God. I'll be skipping out on that one. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. So that will just about do it for us on episode number 64 of Oscar Sports Weekly. We had a impression. We, we had did a everything. impression. We did everything. You would have never guessed there was a bye week. We did everything. Man, how are we going to top it up at the next bye week? Oh, that's a great question. Well, hopefully more hopefully more develops right. between now and the next bye week. I mean the Bane one, the Bane one, I was I think I didn't get, put as I, much work into that. I think you can leave the Bane one in the closet. I think I think you can just I yeah. swear to god, if you edit the Bane impression out, <laughs> I'm going to be so Oh, mad I can't you. now. We're we're talking about it too much now. Everybody's going to be like, "Well, what?" I know. I'm making sure you have too much work to do to take out the Bane impression. No, we'll leave the Bane impression in, but that will do it for us on episode number 64 of Husker Sports Weekly. We talked about Husker football. We talked about everything going on in October. We talked about Husker volleyball. We talked about the college football playoff. We talked about college basketball. We talked about everything. Um, so fun episode, and we'll be back uh, next week for previewing the next Husker game. But until then, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hanson 15 underscore Hanson. You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show. We'll be back next week with another Husker preview. But until then, go Big Red.
and we give it back to you. And we give it back to you, the people. 